Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I'm your host, Logar the Barbarian, with my returning guest, Levi Combs of Planet X Games. Welcome. Hey, man, what's up? Wonderful things. And now, we were, we were, we almost just started this whole conversation without recording it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were taught, we were talking though for a second about the new Kickstarter you come, you have coming up. And you, uh, could you, uh, maybe enlighten the listeners of what it is and, and what you're doing and, and where they can, whatnot? <laughs> yeah, no, sure. Um, so the, I have a Kickstarter launching on December 13th. Uh, which you know, December is the worst month ever to run a Kickstarter, <laughs> but I, I don't, I don't care. I just want to get it out there in the world. It's got a nice low price point, and I'm not doing like a crazy hardback or anything, so um, it's pretty affordable. But it is a DCC and MCC compatible. It's, it's a conversion of an earlier thing that I did back earlier when I when I first started uh, writing for my little company. It's an adventure called An Occurrence from uh, Occurrence at Howling Crater. And it's kind of a genre mashup, really. It's um, it's like I, I always describe it as if the Hills Had Eyes had a baby with Plan Nine from Outer Space, <laughs> and then they let the baby do crack in a spaceship. Like that would be the adventure you get. It's it's you know it's very bonkers. It's an homage in one part to like Barrier Peaks, but then it goes like deep into like Grindhouse territory with like very Hills Have Eyes sort of vibe, or like the Spider Baby, or um, wrong turn or you know, movies like that like oh yeah it's, def- oh, yeah. it's, it's definitely kind of a curious like mashup mixture of, of those two and it's one of my more popular titles like the the 5e version of that i originally did was one of the ones that people really seem to gravitate towards and it's still like my favorite thing that i've ever written so you know that's like 14 projects ago so <laughs> now you were saying that you originally wrote it so the original release was for fifth edition is that correct yeah, so like four years ago, um, it was for 5e, but when I wrote it, like when I first sat down and wrote it, I wrote it in uh, third edition, Rules, um, which, you know, at the time, that's that's what the, the folks that I was playing with uh, still wanted to play. They, we had all kind of skipped over fourth edition and were kind of dipping our toes in fifth, but we were still playing third. So it was really all over the place. And it wasn't until I passed it over to uh, the, the rules conversion guy. I said, hey, can you fix this so that it's playable for, for 5e? And, you know, he did. But having said all of that, like, if I had been playing DCC and MCC, you know, back at that time, I would have completely written it for those two <laughs> systems. Because it, it, it just it dove, it just dives, dovetails right into that rule system so easily. See, I During the third edition era, I, I did... I did run my one campaign when it first came out, but then for the longest time, I just went with second edition through those errors, and that's where I was playing at my table. Oh, yeah. So my 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 experience with third edition is minimal, more than fifth edition. Definitely a fourth edition. I never I never even picked those up. <laughs> I just and that and a lot of that wasn't even like I hate it. It was like oh, it's one hundred and fifty bucks to start all over again. Yeah. I got mouths to feed. I can't do that. I'm sticking with this AD and D books. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I'm, I'm, right, I'm right there with you, man. The, the thing that got me back to in, into D and D was so at, at Barnes Noble they started carrying D and D books for mm-hmm. third edition. That was right right around the time that you started seeing them in Barnes and Noble. Oh yeah, and um, when they opened up the OGL. Uh, one of the first people to jump on that was Necromancer Games. Mm-hmm. And they put out those the, the three, three little books for a dungeon called Rappanathic. 
Oh yeah, uh, I know yeah. those well. <laughs> okay, yeah. So so seeing you know Orcus on the cover of a book and the art was kind of cool and it looked really dark and like without being like edge lord dark, but like being yeah. kind of it would just look cool, you know. Uh, those could really suck me suck me back into D and D, and that was when I hit third edition. So I, I ran Rapid Athic for years, you know, <laughs> off those just those 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 uh, three little books. Then I turned around and ended up playing in Rapid Athic for like another couple years. So uh, I got all my dungeon crawling that I ever wanted to do out in in that time frame, but like that was my entry into into um, back back into the hobby after second edition, and really the one that. Um, I, I went from having like a, a toe dipped in the hobby, you know, yeah. after after high school, <laughs> to like coming back full into it. But see, I I was a big fan of the necromancer stuff, and the and uh, and and I have a ton of that. That was the Thanks. one thing I was into, and and when they became later on, they started coming out with uh, the co- the larger com- compilations of some of the older stuff. I was definitely the uh, I, when I first ran any of that though, I had already started playing castles and crusades and mm. i was running a lot of that with cnc mostly yep. and then the swords and wizardry stuff was coming out and i started kind of like making the transition over to using swords and wizardry and stuff like that so yeah i, I just i did i did i i did try to run some of the pathfinder stuff and i got it when they were doing those conversions i i found it a little bit daunting the system was a little bit more for, than I, I felt like i had bit off more than i could chew <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, I'm not a i'm not a pathfinder hater by by any means um but for me i i think i enjoy reading pathfinder books mm-hmm. more than i enjoy playing them and i and i like pathfinder I have all of the first edition hardbacks and I think they're super cool and I love them. But like I had said, it's more than I can chew. I would much rather play Pathfinder than run it sometimes. <laughs> it's my kind of my stance there. It's like I like something that's a little simpler to run system wise. No hatred on Pathfinder because I've played Starfinder. It was a great, awesome campaign. And I've only I've mostly ran Pathfinder. I would like to play it like i'd love to play slumbering czar when it comes to when it comes to like rule sets that i like to play i mm-hmm. found that as I've, got, I've gotten older and i get more like kind of like stingy with my time yeah i like the simpler rule sets so i like bx and osc mm-hmm. and uh to, to a point dcc is uh, playing it not so much running it but um i really enjoy like a simpler uh, second edition first edition all that stuff it's the other thing too like i, like, I enjoy a simpler system but I do like a meatier, crunchier system a lot of times. You just don't have time to learn them and read through those big of books and get into right. it. So if it's a meatier, crunchier system that I know really well from years of playing, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll run that. There's no problem. I don't have to learn it. <laughs> so that's right. kind of the dichotomy there. <laughs> no, I, no, I hear you. And again, I don't want you to think that like I'm, I'm talking trash on Pathfinder because not at all. Mm-hmm. Like I played a couple games. I enjoyed them. And I, but I, I think when it comes down to it, I like reading like the adventure paths. I like oh, I, yeah, I prefer cool. to read them more than I, I would have time to play them. Like the the the, the, the Baba Yaga one was I, I thought was really really good, yeah. really, really well done. It was just uh, it was so I don't have time to play that. I ran the Rise of the Rune Lords, and, yeah. and to be honest, we only got about halfway through it, and it took us. I mean, it took us quite a while. I don't, yeah. I don't remember. Was it two years we went through it? We only got about halfway through it or something like that. I can't recall now. But we. But again, they're really giving you bang for your buck. Yeah, there's a lot so, there. Yeah. And I, here's, here, I love the, they have, was it, it was called the Inner Sea, I think, at first. And then they changed the name of their setting, I think, over the years. But I really love that setting 
Mm. One thing I loved about that, as opposed to the old AD&D era stuff, was the old AD&D was like, if you want a different flavor, you have to go to a totally different realm half the time, like yeah. Ravenloft. Or sp- Whereas Pathfinders, uh, Inner Sea World, or whatever they called it, I think it was called, it's not called Galarian. Galarian. It's Galarian. I think, I think I'm confusing yeah. it with RuneQuest. <laughs> it's a cool setting. It's really yeah, neat. And the books they put out for it are awesome. <laughs> yeah. So when I uh, I purged, you know, many years ago, I purged uh, quite a, quite a few of my of my books. But the one that I kept from, I kept a couple. I kept there was an adventure path that was kind of like it was it was a horror adventure path. I'm trying to think. Of, I think it was Wake of the Watcher was the name of the adventure. I can't. I, and, yeah. And I it was very. It was very like. Uh, Lovecraftian influence. Yes. I thought it was a really, really tight, solid adventure. So I kept that. But then the other one was I kept the the world book to Galarian mm-hmm. because it was so interesting. It was so packed full of lore and little snippets and little just crunchy bits of like cool information about different places. Yeah. It's perfect for like if you need to need to throw together a campaign, you want to just do something really quick. You can mine that for for, for ideas and then you know run your own. Oh, they got they got tons of great stuff, and I've used a lot of their stuff for other games too, like my Castles and Crusades games. I've used a lot of the Pathfinder stuff for in the past, right? And, and I've even yanked up for AD and D. In fact, I'm going to do a rewind. Paizo, as I understand, got their start when they kind of took over Dungeon Mag and Dragon Mag. Yeah, and I yeah. have so many old Dungeon Mags and Dragon Mags, and what those things is ones they put out some real good stuff, and that evolved to their like monthly adventure path. And those, yeah, they, I used to yank those dungeons left and right for my games. <laughs> oh no, a hundred percent, man. Um, there was a, I remember they ran. I think it was Savage Tide was the name of the adventure path. It was all yeah. about Demogorgon. But then right after that, they put out the the best of that era, in my in my opinion, for any of the modules that were coming out of that area, uh, of that era, uh, which was Age of Worms. Mm-hmm. Age of Worms was a really cool uh, idea for for an adventure. And it uh, it doubled back on some some very old D and D lore with mm-hmm. the sons of Caius and the god Caius and all that stuff. It was really really cool. The art was it was like Wayne Reynolds was doing all the art. It was just it was sick. It was really really cool. I think they collected that. I know they collected Savage Tide, but I think they collected Age of Worms. Man, I'm gonna have to track that down one day because that would be a cool uh, adventure to one day run. I think. Here's my here's what I want, and and this is just an odd little thing. My daydreams of game books for Paizo. <laughs> I don't know how we got on Paizo today. Uh, yeah. about Paizo. That's uh, how these things always go, man. They have a treasure trove of great these great adventure paths there, and they're just they're not doing a whole lot with those. And and at some point in time, they put a couple of them out on like large hardbacks. I would love to see those come out as like, I don't see why Paizo isn't like, here, let's collect that adventure path, do a big hardback, put it up for fifth edition or OSE and sell those too. Like yeah. for some reason, I feel like they're missing the boat on that. Well, you know, I don't, I don't know who's steering the ship over there, but you know, I'd but every, I'm sure they have, I'm sure they have their reasons. So, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> but if it was me, Oh, hell yeah. I, <laughs> Just yeah, as a I, fan and as a publisher. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, they had a cool setting, and I would definitely be like, oh, they they decided to put all their adventure paths out for OSE. It'd be like, I got to pick up another job or something to afford it. <laughs> yeah, or, or just a couple of the really, really top-tier ones, you know, like, like the Age of Worms was great. That that Baba Yaga one was really good. The the horror, there was a, there's been several horror ones, but it was I think it was the, the first of the of the horror paths that they did. They're all very, very good. I mean, yeah. you know. 
you go back and look at the people who wrote those, and the, there's some real, like, real talent in those. Oh, there's in, some, you know, some great, of those adventure yeah. paths. There's some you know, great knew, stuff there. Yeah, there is. I was, I, and I like it. Like I said, I've got all of the hardbacks for the first edition Pathfinder on my show. I don't have all the adventure paths. Um, I had quite Correct. a few more, but at some point in time, I had to do a. When you're moving, and I've yeah. moved a lot. Sometimes I had to be like, look, there's a lot of books here I'm carrying. Some are going to half price books. <laughs> so right. Some of those ended up over there. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, you know, it's, t- t- tell me about it. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I can't help but agree because I, you know, because my wife's in the military, we've moved uh, eight times in nine years, yeah, you know? Right. So it's like, I get it. <laughs> like, I understand. And four of those years was in one place. So do the math on that like crazy oh my goodness yeah i, I i'm hoping I, I would love to be able to just stay where i'm at now for good and not ever have to move again and keep my books just piling up down <laughs> yeah man I'm, I'm i'm sitting in my office and every, it's just full of books like literally totes and books and shelves on their sides and like well, there's got to be yeah there's got to be i don't know three four thousand books in here so here's crazy. the thing about the books moving the books is is one of the worst parts of moving for me oh, yes. <laughs> it's like it's terrible you're moving you gotta get all these books out so what i've started to do is i've in the and this has been the easiest way because you have to find some kind of box or some way to pack them what i do is i go to the grocery store and get a stack of paper bags and I fill each paper bag up with as many books as it'll fill and then tape it over. And they make little pseudo temporary boxes of sorts. And I can just make a stack <laughs> of books and paper bags. They're not as heavy when you have like a giant box. You fill them in some of the boxes, you can move other stuff. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Hey, I need someone to help me carry this box. It's got books in it. <laughs> yeah, no, and nobody wants to be that guy. No. <laughs> some paper bag trick helps removing the books i'm telling folks i found it very useful <laughs> anyhow how do you move your books <laughs> uh, i have everything in totes and boxes and um because it's the military a lot of times they move they move it for us so oh, nice yeah that yeah, is positive they, they have people come in but this last one we moved only only like a mile away and we had to do it all ourselves and I'm almost 50 now, so it's like my body was feeling it the next couple of days. I still have like I still have half of a decade till I hit 50. Thing well, <laughs> that makes you me young way for that. <laughs> you young buck, man. <laughs> Anyhow, so I I, I think that I, I've totally over we've totally gotten off track, and I I want to try to go back to a occurrence at Howling Crater and yeah. maybe get so. Could you tell us a bit more about it? What you can expect from that adventure and whatnot? Yeah, so uh, again, it's MCC and DCC. Um, so if you're a fan of Dungeon Crawl Classics, the kind of stuff that Goodman puts out, it's very much in line with all that. I've kind of got to be known for like weird fantasy and Gonzo kind of stuff. I don't really like the t- term Gonzo as it reflects the stuff that I do. So I really don't think much I do really is tr- like true Gonzo. Yeah, uh, I don't do like Funhouse Dungeons or anything like that. But this is the exception. Like you know, Howling Crater is this. It's a sandbox of of all sandboxes. I mean, it's 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 insane. Like not only are you getting an adventure, but you're also getting a like a playable campaign. Adventure starts out. You know, there's uh, there's you know this sickness sweeping across this frontier border town that's on the edge of the hinterlands you know there's this dangerous you know place nearby and you've got to kind of figure out like well, you know, what's causing the sickness and like you know what's going on over here and it's kind of an ex- it starts out with a bit of an exploratory part uh and then you kind of dovetail right into um 
you know, right into like a little bit of hex crawling and, you know, figuring, like I said, figuring out um, what's going on. There's a little bit of combat and then you get the denizens of the crater kind of, kind of full on, you know, again, that's a very Hills have eyes yeah. sort of, uh, <laughs> you know, it, um, I, I actually wrote some stuff um, last year for Jim Wampler for his uh, scientific barbarian. Oh yes. I wrote some, uh, I wrote some stuff for about crater mutants uh, as it, as it re reflects to MCC <laughs> Um, and it's, this is kind of in line with that, but it has more of a, a fantasy band so that you can also play it with DCC. But, you know, it, it, the, we, we just take the, the, the knob and yank it up to 10 right, right away. Yank it to turn it to, this one goes to 11. Yeah. yeah little, <laughs> final, final tab reference. <laughs> but, you know, you, ha, you, you think you're having this one adventure and then right in the middle of the adventure, the entire tone changes and boom, you've got an homage to Barrier Peaks, you know. Nice. So, you know, you've got, like I said, you've, you've got that crazy Hills Have Eyes sort of grindhouse, like dirty, you know, deep in the, the combat in this irradiated crater and then bam, you're, you're in a crashed ship and there's all sorts of, you know, technological monstrosities and, you know, menaces and stuff like that going on, on inside. It's great to run at conventions. I, this is one of my favorite to run at, at cons because I can run either the first part or the second part. Yeah. You know, I, hey, what do you guys want to do? You know, you want to, you, you want to do a crawl through a spaceship or do you want to, you know, hey, you, know, you want to start out with the adventure and it goes 50 50. You know, sometimes the groups want to, I, I don't come with an agenda. I'm like, I'm all about player agency. So, like, let's yeah, do whatever I like you guys want. <laughs> yeah, let's let's do whatever you guys want to do. So it's just worked out really, really well. The art, the art in it is uh, incredible. There's a lot of Planet X, like returning Planet X folks who I just end up working with over and over again. Uh, Adrian Landeros, who just did, who also did a great cover, brand new cover for it, and has done a bunch of new illustrations. And Ed Bickford, who you know nobody draws robots like uh, <laughs> Ed Bickford, Tim Burns and Jay Shield, all of these, all these folks that I've, I've worked with many times over the years. It's got maps by Skull Fungus, Carl Sternberg. It's just, it's one of, like I said, my favorite thing that I've ever written. Um, and I, I really think for the DCC and MCC rule set with all the extra art, all the extra content, all the, all, all the little bells and whistles that we put into it. I think this is going to be a winner. Like it's a, I mean, this is something that I would want to play. So excellent. Oh, and it comes with a barf bag, a monogram, oh! a monogrammed uh, <laughs> custom DCC barf bag. So, you know, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, how many, how many RPGs come with a barf bag? So that's the first I've actually heard of. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, the bar, I, I wish I, I actually have some, I'm, I'm not sure where they are here in the, in the, the pile of books, but they come, they have, you know, the crater mutants are on them, the robots are on them, and it, it looks it looks like an old B-movie poster, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's, it's just stamped right on, and you got the oh, nice. logo. It's, it's, it's very cool. So I, 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 you mentioned something a bit earlier, and I wanted to, like, you mentioned doing stuff for uh, Scientific Barbarian. And yeah. There's two there's two projects that I backed that I'm excited to come out. One of them is the, the omnibus ver edition of, of Scientific Barbarian, but the other... Is an omnibus that you have that I think is at the printer now of the phylactery. Oh yeah, so uh, Jim uh, Jim did the Scientific Barbarian annual. Oh okay, um, yes. Collects the first four issues of Scientific yes. Barbarian, and then I did the uh, phylactery omnibus, which collects the first four issues of uh, the phylactery. I know Jim plans to continue on with Scientific Barbarian. I don't know that I will continue on with phylactery. I think I might that might be four and done. I you know I don't. Um, I have lots of ideas, but I might just switch over to something else. 
you know, maybe, or maybe give it a rest for a while. Um, I'm, not, I'm not really sure, but um, yeah, uh, Omnibus is at the printer. Flocky Four is at the printer, and those should all be here on the eighth. So, oh. or should be shipping on the eighth. Oh, then, that's interesting. I'm, I'm hoping that it'll get out before Christmas, but it, you know, I, I'm not sure. I don't ship it. I, I, I hire a warehouse that ships it. You know, in Baltimore, and it might be the big first week in January. So, oh, Baltimore is a nice city. <laughs> I like it up there. I know. I, I love Baltimore, but I'm you know I, I love, yeah, I I like love Maryland. There. I love Maryland in general. So yeah, I was stationed out there for a bit. I had a lot of fun when I was running around Baltimore. I was, of course, I was in my early twenties and very. <laughs> you know, yeah, no, you, I believe we talked about this about going to Hammerjacks <laughs> back in the day. We may have. I'm not, yeah. I, I, I can't recall. <laughs> like, yeah, they, they, had, they, had a, they had a couple really good um, like metal venues, and uh, some of them are still around. But um, you know, Baltimore is a rad city. If you, you know, but you got to be careful, just like in any any big city, any metropolitan area. There's places to go and places you shouldn't go. You know, so uh, yeah, it's 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 I, I love it. It's a, one of my favorite cities. Yeah, it's a nice town. We had that. We definitely had fun running around there. Of course, I was I was far. I was playing a lot less D and D at that point in time, and, and, and <laughs> like going to do a lot more shows and being uh, inebriated a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy <laughs> like because we we might because you know the way our timelines match up. We talked about this uh, a couple shows ago, but we might have been at some of the same shows at the same time. Like it's it's, it's possible. It's pretty because I, I saw like a lot of like from the in the nineties I saw like White Zombie and Pantera and you know I saw all kinds of things everybody from like Tesla to Steve Vai like, not even metal acts. like I, would just, I would just want to go to shows you know and then tons and tons of like smaller bands you know yeah I, I, there's a lot of small back then it was like uh, especially in the nineties there was like a small band venue every week you go to a couple yeah. shows a week and and. It's like, can I remember 90% of the bands I saw who they were? Probably not, but we thought they were really cool 20, 30 years ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember uh going to see um going to see Anthrax and it was oh, like yeah. and it was in it was in a club that held like five hundred people. And um the show was uh the opener for the show was Rob Halford. Oh was opening for he had a band called he had a band called Fight. And it was uh, they were opening oh, for uh, Anthrax. So like I walk in late and just as like screaming for vengeance is going on <laughs> on the stage and I'm like, what is happening? It's <laughs> it pretty good, yeah. It, it's been a minute since I've seen the show in person. I, oh, actually, it hasn't. I did the only show I saw this year was the one I managed to get up to Cleveland floor was the Rage Against the Machine uh, re- reunion deal they did. So awesome. Yeah. But that before that, I had the last thing I saw was before the pan. Well, I saw two before the pandemic. I took my son to see Logic and YBN Corday because he's really into them. And then uh, I we got to see the current lineup of Black Flag, and that was oh, a nice. pretty fun little fun little show. I, I like that. The guy that got singing for Black Flag now is pretty intense. He's 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 pretty good at it live. We nice. had a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my problem with going to shows now is like, is my feet, my back. I'm just old, you know. <laughs> I'm like, I, and it, it's it's such like a lame thing to say, but it's true. Like, I just, I, I don't have it in, in me. Um, like, I'll have, usually I have to skip like the first, like the opener, unfortunately, <laughs> if I want to go to a show. Or it has to be like something like, I take my wife to go see like Bonnie Raitt or something. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> where, I, where I can sit down <laughs> and just kind of zone out while I, you know, drink tall boys. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't jump into a pit like I did in my twenties where I'm just like ferociously out there, but 
like in my 30s, I was like, oh, I'm too old for the pit. And eventually when I hit 40, I'm like, no, fuck that. I'm jumping in the pit. So I'll go out there for the songs I like. <laughs> and I'll be like, right. uh, but I bruise easier now. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I, I am interested to see that uh, that the Pantera reunion tour. Because oh, they have, happen? oh, yes, yeah, so it's next year. I didn't so know it's, about it's, that. Yeah, it's Phil, it's Phil and Rex um, mm-hmm. from the original band. And then uh, Zach Wild is uh, going to do lead oh, on yeah. guitar. And then Charlie uh, Benetante is uh, doing from uh, Anthrax is doing yeah. the uh, the drums. So I never I never saw them when they were together. I did catch Phil afterwards though with Super Joint Ritual in California right. in L.A. County. I got to see that show it was when that came out. It was pretty. I was I, I enjoyed that band. With I don't think they've been doing. I think Hank Third was with them at the time. Yeah, he's had a couple that. side projects that they, that he's done. He did Super <laughs> Joint Ritual, and he did um what, that old that uh, New Orleans based band. Um, I'm, I'm blanking on the name right now, but um, yeah, he he did Down is the name. There yeah, was Down was one. Yeah, yeah, that was I like I, I we got into that. I forgot almost forgot about Down. That was quite a that was quite a good little. He was with like it was like one of the super bands, wasn't it? There was a couple other big folks in there. Well, that's what they're doing with the Pantera reunion. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much the same type of. And I don't know who they're going to have opening for him, but like that's a show that I want to go see again because it's very nostalgic to me uh, because mm-hmm. of my twenties, you know, going to see those yeah. shows in my twenties. <laughs> it's like the same with like I'll I'll still go see Rob Zombie even though it's not White Zombie, you know. Yeah. You know, so um, I, I I like all that stuff, man. It's all very nostalgic, but I, I've got it in me for like one or two shows, maybe maybe Merciful Fate if they come back around my way. Oh. Yeah, they're yeah. they're doing they're doing that uh like once every twenty years tour or whatever it is. I missed well, out on on Maiden. I just I just couldn't swing it at the time, so I missed out on all the Iron Maiden shows on the East Coast. But um, but yeah, I'm not going to miss out on the on the Pantera shows. There was uh, the Merciful Fate thing when King Diamond came through here. When I actually had to co- catch him at some point in time in the mid nineties, I can't. It may have been later nineties or mid I can't remember now. It's been so long. I I think that they had come out with that. Newer, I say newer now, but it's probably a 30 year old album called like Voodoo or something like that. I can't remember, (laughs) but anyways, like they were coming through doing the tour, and I remember, and maybe we talked about this, but I remember very well that they hadn't been to Cincinnati because I saw it in Cincinnati in years, and there was all these like bonkers rumors about people dying at the show at the time. <laughs> we're all, we were all getting into, this is like pre-internet rumor, you know, we're like, did you know people died at there because of demons and all that oh, stuff? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were really hyped on some of those rumors. <laughs> yeah, man. That's, that's, that's part of the whole thing about going to shows, especially like pre-internet. Like, you know, I know you probably heard the same thing I did, you know, back in the day about all the crazy stuff Ozzy would do at shows. You know, oh yeah, you oh, know, yeah. he he bit the heads off bats, or he th- oh he threw a puppy to the the crowd, or whatever. And you're like, <laughs> what? Like, what, what is even happening? You know, but half half that shit wasn't true, anyways. So, so Ozzy bit the heads off bats, and then did Alice? What did Alice Cooper? Alice Cooper killed some kind of animal or something. They said too, wasn't there? The, was it a chicken? Oh, I don't you remember know, that those, one. But those guys, you know, they, they're, <laughs> you know, they, it, it doesn't whether it doesn't matter if it's Kiss being, you know, controversial or if it's Ozzy or uh, Alice, yeah. Alice Cooper, but then or like or if it's like Slipknot wants to be controversial or Marilyn Manson was controversial or whoever it is now, which I, I wouldn't even know. I don't know what like <laughs> King King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard or whatever they are. I don't think like, he's too controversial. They're too controversial, are they? <laughs> <laughs> 
I, my son listens to him. He lo- he, you know, he he loves her music. Um, I, th- I think it's like I think real. I like it's it. real. It's, it's, it's like yeah, it's good. good. It's like good to groove to. It kind of reminds yeah. me of, of like uh, like a has a rush aesthetic to it. Oh, I, I liked Rush. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I had a Rush. Yeah, you, you can't play D and D and not like Rush. You know? <laughs> I got a bunch of the records just sitting over there. Oh yeah, <laughs> right off screen. I got a bunch of old records when I was a kid. Oh, it was the one you said. I'll tell you what. Who the latest controversy I heard was music, and I can think of is Lizzo playing someone's <laughs> flute. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, like right now, we sound like the <laughs> oldest white guys who have ever listened to music ever, which is yeah. yeah. Well, and that's who we are. We're, we're, we're old dudes. We're old dudes. You know, I still like all that stuff, though, man. I, I listened to um, um, Pantera's um, uh, "Vulgar Display of Power" the other day, and it was still holds up. Still one of the best. Like every song is a banger. Just one after the other, and after the next. It was just. It's still a good album. Still makes me want to drive fast. I've been listening to all these, uh, like, I don't even know what this, like, uh, like, I've been on a kick. I made a huge playlist of, like, sort of, like, new wave-ish, darker, like, Sisters of Mercy's in yeah. there, um, the, some some Cure, things like that, and just, like, kind of that weird era of early, I guess, early goth stuff seems to have been what I've been listening to the most here lately. Yeah. There's definitely some adamant on it. <laughs> no, this, that, a lot of that stuff's great. You know? Very 80s. That seems to be where I've been. Anyways. <laughs> Get some Susie and the Banshees in there. You'll be, you'll be good to go. There's a few Susie, Susie Sue songs in there. And and uh, who else we got in there? Oh, what's this? Peter Murphy and stuff like that's on that playlist. And that seems to be my... I made it for my fall list. And I don't remember what there was. Uh, there was there was something I heard on the on the radio. Some old psychedelics fur furs. Uh, oh stuff, yeah. I was like, I, was like, I looked it up, and I started like looking at adjacent things and made this playlist. Now it's Hell winter. Yeah. I may have to make a winter playlist. We have to go someplace different with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I go. I go in like weird phases, man. Like uh, I remember when I was writing the Howling Crater the first time for Five E. Mm-hmm. Um, I got really into like California surf music. Yeah. And then off that <laughs> off off the surf music, I got really into like horror themed surf music, which is a whole oh, subgenre of that. Yeah, there's definitely and a huge it, thing there. <laughs> yeah, no, and I so I would just listen to it for hours and hours and hours on headphones while I was writing because I'd be in a public place like a Starbucks or something, just trying to because we had a newborn. And I, I I just I couldn't concentrate, so I would go to Starbucks, put it down in the low volume, and it would just be like this weird mantra. Sometimes I would listen to the same song actually over and over and over again, and it got to be like almost like a trance. But yeah, I I, I can totally understand about getting into like like certain kind like c- certain kinds of music and then just just disappearing into it. You know? <laughs> well, when I was in Southern California, there was a lot of that popping off uh, yeah. for a while there. That's that that weird horror surf music and rockabilly yeah. thing was really booming, and that was definitely a whole thing that was happening there. Now you've got. You've got playlists out there, definitely. Yeah, I've done them for a couple, a couple of the zines and a couple of the adventures. I'll, I'll be, I'll end up doing one for, uh, for this, for this adventure as well too. It's just something cool, man. Just let you know what the, the whole vibe of the module is, or the oh, vibe yeah. of vibe of a zine. You know that you're listening to the same stuff that I was listening to that inspired the book. And a lot of times in the back of the, in the back of those books or zines, I'll put um, like a list of influences. Mm-hmm. Like these are the comic books I was reading. This is the books I was reading. This is the music I was listening to. These are the movies I was watching. 
like you know to help get in that headspace for creating you know cool shit so that's that i mean essentially an appendix in (laughs) yeah yeah i mean i i'd actually like to see that more in other people's projects because i get some stuff like some stuff there's several creators out there that like like joey royale or jason schultes that i'll or charles uh avery ferguson that i'll just end up buying everything they do because i like their stuff so much yeah i would really like to see like what is your appendix in for this particular project i'd really like to see more of that that'd be very very cool i'll say that when it came to the when i was reading ray guns and robots i (laughs) I found the i found the appendix or the the playlist there and i've been i spent a couple days listening to that i think i Actually, that was around the time I was putting together my playlist I was telling you about. I think a few of the tracks on there ended up in my playlist from you. So you've influenced me in that playlist, too. Yeah, but I think my favorite one, though, was for the I – had, I did a Weird West zine, and I um I put a the same kind of deal, like a little scan thing that you could just scan yeah. and uh, go check out. And that, that one was a really cool playlist because it's all over the place. Like, there's some, like, dark – like Western themes, but then you'll have mm-hmm. like man from El Paso will be, you know, will come <laughs> on or, you know, you just, it's just, you know, some Johnny cash or, you know, just very, very cool. And it's not too long. You know, you can get through it in a couple hours. And, uh, but I, I, I enjoy things like that. I, I, I think they add to the experience of a product or a zine uh, quite a bit. Yeah. I like, I like the music stuff. We're, we're coming about on time. Could you tell the listeners where they can, well, where they can find you online, where they can pick your up your stuff, and where they can back what you've got coming out here. Yeah, um, in occurrence, of Helen Crater is uh, going to be on Kickstarter on the thirteenth of December. You can find my, all my past stuff. You can find all of that at, at Exalted Funeral. Uh, I'm on Instagram at It Came From Beyond Planet X. I'm on Twitter at Planet X Company, and I'm on uh, Facebook at Planet X. I have I have a um, I have a Hive account too, but my phone isn't uh, isn't uh, suave oh. and uh, um, new enough to uh, <laughs> to support the app because I'm an old man. <laughs> I don't know if I know Hive. I don't think I've discovered this one yet. Is that one I should check out? Oh yeah, out? it's it's, it's where uh, everybody jumped to uh, when uh, Elon Musk bought uh, Twitter. So like, a lot yeah. of creatives, a lot of people from the comics community and uh, RPG space jumped there. Um, I haven't used it though, so I can't, I can't really, I can't really, I, I'm still on Twitter. So, you know. Yeah. There's a couple I've been, I, I, I've explored. It was Mastodon. And then there was a few others. I don't think there was one. I can't remember the name of, oh, maybe it was Hive. I'll have to check it out again. <laughs> <laughs> if you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook, search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter and TikTok now, at Crom. We're on Patreon. We could really use support. Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.